Have you ever had one of those days at work? Maybe it might be a, a week <laughs> at work where there's all these things that are going on and, and you think, okay, I got this item over here, I got this thing over here, I got this thing over here, and, and they're all supposed to be connected somehow. Some sort of problem or issue that you might be dealing with. And you go, I know they're related. I know something's going on. I, I know it should be easy. It should be no problem at all for me to figure out what's going on. But it just nothing's happening. It's not clicking. Maybe it's not at work. Maybe it's at school. Maybe you're in math class and uh, you start reading the first problem and it says, a train leaves the station traveling at 50 miles an hour. <laughs> I'm not going to finish it because I don't want to have to deal with the answer. I have no idea. <laughs> but all of, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, boom, there's the answer. And you go, oh, I can't believe it. Uh, of course, it was so easy. It was right in front of me the whole time. And I usually say, you have got to be kidding me. That's all it was. It was this little insignificant piece that I just had to get through my thick skull. And then it made perfect, complete sense. That's an aha moment where you go, oh, aha, that's what it is. I understand it. It's, you, I can't believe it. You know, someone described it as moments where the intellectual mind, the emotional mind, and the physical body all come into agreement at the same time. That is one of the coolest feelings because, you know, there's been all this pressure building on you, trying to figure this out. You have to have it by this deadline at such and such a time. And then you got it, and you go, oh. there's that sigh of relief, but there's also that incredible joy. I am so glad that this is over. I understand it now. And, and when you come back to something that looks a lot like it later on, you go, oh, this is easy. This is no problem. When everybody else is going, I don't know what to do. Yeah, don't worry. All you have to do is blank, right? Because you know, you've experienced it. Now, it doesn't always have to be one of those tough, irritating things. I, I want to share with you this morning an aha moment. <clears throat> and I think that it will change your lives. How many of you are Trekkies? Raise your hand. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I see you out there. Okay. Now, I have a revelation for you. <clears throat> Spock, Leonard Nimoy, he wasn't really Vulcan. Did you know that? He's actually, he has Jewish heritage in him. I'm telling the truth. I promise. Okay? And this, this symbol, what does it mean? Live long and prosper, right? That, that's not Vulcan culture either. That has nothing to do with Vulcans. Actually, I know most of you are like, you've got to be kidding me. He's talking about Star Trek. <laughs> Actually, Leonard Nimoy came up with this because as a young person, he would see in the Jewish congregation the, the priest holding out his hands and blessing the congregation. And he was basically saying, live long and prosper. Not in those words, but, you know, you get the idea. Now, whenever you watch Star Trek, if you ever watch Star Trek again, <laughs> and you're sitting with somebody, you're going to look over at him and say, guess what? He's not really Vulcan. 
right? It changes your perspective. It's these aha moments. And you know, Paul believed in aha moments. We're actually going to look, our main text is going to be in Mark chapter 4. So if you want to find your place there, Mark chapter 4. But I also want to share with you a verse, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12. And this is Paul, and, and he says this about his relationship with Christ. He says, For now I see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Right now I don't know all I wish I knew about Jesus. But I, I know some. I've certainly grown in many ways. But, and there have been periods of growth. Times where I've had these moments that I've drawn closer to God. Where I've realized more about who Jesus is. But then, one day, soon, I'll see him face to face. I know in part, I know some of that about Jesus. But then I shall know him just as I am known. Just as Jesus knows me, knows everything about me, knows who I am inside and outside, one day we're going to know that about Christ. That's pretty amazing. And, and we're not there yet. In fact, in another passage, Philippians chapter 3, verse two, uh, 12, Paul says, Not that I have already attained, nor am already perfect, perfected. I'm not there. But I press on, I move forward, I grow, that I may lay hold of that for which Jesus Christ also laid hold of me. Now, the disciples of Jesus had an aha moment that completely changed their perspective, their view of who Jesus was. And we're going to read Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. Verse 35 says, on the same day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said, Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Their eyes were wide open. They had this realization that this Jesus, this person who they had been traveling around with, this person that they had been listening to, relying on for, for spiritual guidance, they saw him do miracles. But this, this was something completely different. This was something that, that was so amazing, they were just like, wow. Did, did he just do that? Did he just tell the the storm to settle down now ah, that's amazing this person there must be more to him could could this person be be God himself Jesus was able to give them an aha moment in their relationship with him because they were willing to come on this journey with them and there are three 
sort of events that we're going to talk about this morning that kind of led them or brought them up to this point. The first one is found in verse 35 and 36. It says, On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. So basically what happened is there was a breakaway from the crowd to be with Jesus. Now how many of you enjoy family vacations? Now that's actually a good question because some of us enjoy them. Sometimes we don't enjoy them as much as we think we would enjoy them, right? There's always that time of tension in the car, whether it's a a 12-hour trip or an 8-hour trip or a 4-hour trip or a 15-minute trip, right? There's always that tension between siblings or, or even parents or whatever. There's always that oh, grating on the nerves, right? <laughs> well, I've experienced that before, and uh, we've had many family vacations. And, and one of my most memorable uh, pre-vacation speeches you know, you always get that speech before you get in the car. Okay, this is what's going to happen. My dad, a man of great wisdom, said, here's the motto for the week. Listen very carefully. He said, nary a nasty word. And we looked at him and said, Dad, that's really kind of cheesy. Where, where'd you come up with that? Nary a nasty word. When you are desiring to say something that you really should not say or do something that you really should not do to your sibling nary a nasty word don't forget it keep it in your mind even now when we go on vacations i say hey dad uh what's our motto this time he goes nary a nasty word i know i know but it's those times those family vacations those times where we get together nothing is the same our routine is completely different we're not going to, to work like we usually go to work. We're, we're not seeing the friends that we usually see. We're not eating dinner the way we usually eat dinner. We're not usually spending eight hours in a car, but we are today. And, and there's something that brings us together because we chose to separate ourselves, to break away, to, to have this time with our family. And really, that's what was happening in this passage. The disciples had a very long day this day. They were, uh, uh, the whole day, they were listening to the parables of Christ, and they were learning from Christ, and they were trying to, to get to know him better, trying to understand him better. But there was also a crowd, a group of people who, some of them were, were interested in what Jesus had to say. Some of them, you know, wanted to know, okay, well, I wonder who this guy is, maybe feel him out a little bit. Some of them, wanted to, to warn others about him and say, hey, watch out for this guy. He's spreading lies. He's not telling you the truth. He's doing this or he's doing that. So that can be kind of wearing on you, can't it? And so for Jesus and the disciples, it had been a long day. What a relief it must have been when Jesus said, okay, day's over. Let's go. Let's go. We're going to head out on the boat. We're going to spend some time together. We're going to go to the other side. And the disciples had to make a decision. Should we go or should we stay? Should we just shut down right here? <laughs> and uh, it wasn't really the first time that the disciples had made this decision to break away from the crowd. At the very beginning, when Jesus came to them and said, 
blank, you, <laughs> you follow me. He said, follow me. And they uh, dropped everything they had, they got up, and they followed him. Wow, that was a true breakaway, wasn't it? True, just something that, that goes against all reason, all, all understanding. And yet, they had this experience with Christ. And, and it's also interesting, if you look in verse 33 and 34, Jesus w- had been using parables to the, to the entire crowd. And this is what it says, And with many such parables, he spoke the word to them, as they were able to hear it. But with a parable, he did not speak to them. Uh, but without a parable, excuse me, without a parable, he did not speak to them. And when they were alone, he explained all things to his disciples. So everything that he told the crowd the entire day was in story form. It was in a parable. A parable is, is a story that, that conveys a spiritual truth in the end. But can you imagine if you were there all day and you were expecting theological wisdom from this man, understanding, and all you got were a bunch of stories? Now, there might have been groups that, that came away and said, okay, now what does this parable mean? What is he talking about? Maybe a philosophy class was going on. Okay, well, I think it's this. Well, I think it's this. Well, here's this, or this is a good idea. That's how he spoke to the crowds this day. But notice the difference when he's speaking to the disciples. It says at the end of the verse, And when they were alone, he explained all things to his disciples. This morning in our Matthew small group, we, we looked at the uh, passage in Matthew that kind of corresponds with these parables. And you would see each time there was, here's a parable, then the disciples would come around him, talk to him, and Jesus would explain the parable. Another time he'd tell a parable, and they'd go into a house for a break or, or whatever, maybe some food, and they'd, the disciples would say, Jesus, now, now what were you talking about? Can you imagine that kind of relationship with Jesus? The kind of relationship where, where other people are speculating about what's going on, what Jesus is saying, but you know what Jesus is saying. You know, it's really neat because we have right here what Jesus is saying. How powerful is that? How neat is that? That, you know, the world can say, well, I see nature and I see this, or I see nature and I see that. But we can say, I see nature and the Bible tells me. Wow. That's something that we can rely on, something we can depend on. You know, the Lord calls us to break away from the crowd. Maybe it's, it's in our times of worship. We come together, we, we, we say, okay, the things that are going outside of here are important, but I'm going to focus right now, today, this moment, on worshiping and praising the Lord together as a group. That's a neat breakaway moment, isn't it? <coughs> also, in your quiet times, when you're reading along, and you see something new, and you go, oh, wow, I never saw that before. I never understood it this way before. That's an aha kind of moment, isn't it? But it's because we chose to break away from the crowd and spend time with the Lord. Maybe it's in our small groups. I mean, that's what we were doing this morning, talking about what the Bible says, the truth that we see in God's Word, and how it applies to our lives. How cool is that? We 
are learning new things because we've chosen to break away and have time together. But it's, it's not just those times. It's also in our everyday lives. We can say, you know what? I know I need to go to work. I need, know I need to go to school. But my focus, I want to be on Jesus. And when I go through work and I go through school, I'll be able to see God's hand at work in my life because I've said, okay, I'm different. I have a different perspective. I'm breaking away from popular opinion. I'm doing what Christ desires me to do. You know, one of the greatest aha moments that we can ever have is when we realize that Jesus Christ gave himself to be a sacrifice for our sins. When we realize that, that we are sinful, that, that we have offended God, and suddenly it clicks and we say, oh, that's why Jesus came. That's why he died on the cross. That's why he rose again, so that I can have the power that he has, so that I can have victory over sin. How amazing. How neat. The second division is in verse 37 and 38. It says, And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. A move beyond our comfort zones helps us to have an aha moment with Christ. Now, <laughs> can you imagine... The disciples were picturing this, this boat ride across the sea. Maybe it was a nice calm night, a full moon or half moon or whatever, some moon out there. And uh, there was a nice breeze pushing them along. They were having, brewing some coffee and eating some donuts, just having a good time with Jesus. But instead of that, instead of that picture-perfect moment, they get a storm. Not only a storm, but a terrifying storm. The, the idea is actually a whirlwind. A, a time where the, the wind comes down out of the mountains and stirs up the sea to such a point that it's terrifying to even seasoned fishermen. These guys had seen storms before. They weren't afraid of storms. They've experienced it. But this storm they were afraid of. Because they had had colleagues, they had had friends who perhaps had died in storms like this. The water was coming up over the side of the boat, filling the boat. The wind was tearing the sails apart. And that boat was being torn piece by piece. I always think of the snowstorms that we get up, up here. And the snowstorms they get in the south. And you know, you turn on the news... And they say, there was a big blizzard in such and such a place. They got six inches and everything shut down. And you're like, what? And then, then they say, well, the, uh, we, we can't go out. We can't drive our cars in this. This is crazy. I hope I had bread and water and, and, and milk because I'm not going to be able to go to the store for days. I, I might just die in this house. What's going to happen? Right? And, and we chuckle. We we know snowstorms a little bit better, right? But what happens when we get the big one? 
not, not just the big one, but the really big one, where the, the power lines are down all over the place. Branches, well, not even branches, but whole trees are in the middle of the road. When the s- snow is higher than your door, you know, that's a bad one. That's when we step back and we go, wow, that's a little much for me. That's too much. And if I didn't have this house, if I didn't have this place of security, I don't know what I'd do. I don't know where I'd be. But that was the, the desperation that these disciples must have felt. They were feeling it. They were seeing it. They were experiencing a terrifying event. And it was beyond what they could handle. It was beyond what they could even imagine. And what's happening to Jesus? Jesus, the unseasoned fisherman, the person who should be, you know, terrified out of his mind, is sleeping. What? What? He's just sleeping. And I think that that Jesus was kind of silently asking them, will you trust me? Will you trust me? Do you believe me? Do you believe I am who I say I am? You know, sometimes it's not necessarily those challenging, very difficult circumstances, the the things that, that will just terrify us and shake us to our core. Sometimes it's just those things that stretch us. I know that, that Josh and Kayla McMahon just came back from their mission trip to El Salvador. And, and God used them through sports to share the gospel with so many kids. And there were so many kids who had aha moments with Christ because they were willing to go beyond their comfort zones. Beyond the issue of what am I going to eat? Where am I going to sleep? What am I going to wear? Where's the nearest shower? Right? They decided, this is what God wants me to do. I'll break away from the crowd. I'll move beyond my comfort zones. You know, there's actually a VBS meeting. I, I was supposed to announce it at the end of the other services, and I didn't. So I figure I'll get it in right now. A VBS meeting. Uh, initially, some of you might go, whoa, whoa, uh-uh, no, not me, not at all. And I, I'm not talking about church programs. I'm just giving you examples of how God can use you in amazing ways to, to stretch you, to bring you to a place that's beyond yourself, and for you to have a fresh view of Christ, this, this aha moment about Christ. The third event that, that took place is found uh, in the end of these verses. Verse 39 says, Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Now, can, can you imagine what the disciples were going through? Can you imagine what they were thinking? And here Jesus is sleeping, and, and all they wanted him to do was just help out a little bit. Maybe bail out some water, get, get a bucket, tie down the sails, do something, man the rudder, anything, anything. Help us out here. And this is what they say. 
Jesus, teacher, that's at the end of verse 38. Teacher, don't you care? Jesus, don't you care about me and what's going to happen to us? And they thought, because he wasn't getting some water out, that he didn't care. And here's what happens. Jesus stands up and he goes, peace, be still. Can you imagine the face of the disciples? They're in this very tense moment, and then all of a sudden, they look around them, and there's stillness. There's nothing going on. There's no wind. There's no storm. It just disappears. And after Jesus does that, he says to them, Why are you afraid? How is it that you have no faith? Another version says, do you still have no faith? After all the things that we've been through, guys, after all the things that you've seen, after all the things you've experienced with me, you still don't believe that I'll take care of you? That it's not your abilities that are going to save your life here. It's my strength. I think I kind of had a, a similar experience as the disciples Many of you know a couple uh, weeks ago, well, I guess more than a couple weeks ago, about a month ago or two, something like that, Patty's dad had a bad fall and went to the hospital. And they did some routine blood work. You know, you come in, okay, take your blood. And they found some very serious health issues. And, and starting at that point from the fall, he went downhill. Just his whole health seemed to, to fall apart, diminish, just gone. And there were times we didn't think he was going to make it through the night. And that was terrifying. So Patty had the opportunity to, to go down to North Carolina to be with her dad because we thought, this is it. This is the last moments that she is going to have with her dad. And then to make matters worse, her, her grandmother who had been visiting uh, all the time, was all the time at the hospital, just taking care of him, seeing that all his needs were met, was having some health problems, health concerns. And nobody really knew what it was, but, but the doctor says, well, since you're here, you're already here, you're going to be here a while anyway, you might as well have some tests done. Let's see if we can find something out. So she had the tests, and there was nothing. I couldn't, couldn't figure anything out. So they did something in the medical profession that, that I, I've always wondered about. It's called exploratory surgery. Okay? It's, we don't know what's wrong with you, so we're going to cut you open, look inside, and see what's going on. See if we can figure anything out. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Just, we're just looking. <laughs> it's like, thank you. Full confidence there. <laughs> And I think that was a moment where I could feel the disciples cry. <sighs> Jesus. A mother, or a grandmother, and a father. Within weeks, you, you're going to take it? I mean, it looked like they were both going to pass away. And then God got up, and he said, Chris... Do you still have no faith? After all the things that we've been through, after all the ways that I've shown myself powerful to you, 
after all the ways that we've grown together, you still don't trust me with your family? Still don't believe that I have their best interests at heart? That I'm going to take care of them? That I'm going to do something amazing? Now, I, I just wanted something quick to be done. Some, just get him out of the hospital. He doesn't have these problems. He doesn't need to worry about it. Just do something, anything. And then the doctors came back, and they said, well, we removed something. We're not really sure what it is. <laughs> okay. But we got something. And they found out that it was a very aggressive form of cancer. But they had caught it so early that it had no time to spread. There was no way it would come up on any tests. And three weeks later would have been too late. Wow. God used an injury to a father to save the life of a grandmother. Can you believe that? And all I wanted was for it to be fixed temporarily right now when something major was going on that I had no idea about. But God knew. He understood. He had a great perspective on it. And he said, you need to trust me. Instead of doubting me, trust me. That was a pretty amazing event. And really, I think that it's those events that help us to grow, that give us those aha moments, so that when we come to that kind of event the next time, we can say, oh, I know that God's going to take care of this. He's done it before. I've seen it in a very powerful way. So this time, I'll give it to the Lord. And, and you know, <laughs> that will take so much pressure off of us, so much stress, so much worry off of us, because we're saying, I can't do anything about it anyway. So why don't I just trust God? Because he's got it all. He'll take care of it. Don't you care? Mm. It's like the disciples were saying, Jesus, I thought we were friends here. And now you're not doing anything. <coughs> Hebrews 13.5 says, I will never desert you nor will I ever forsake you. Never. Those are some powerful words. I will never do this, or I will never do that. And you know, God is a God of his word. If he says he's never going to leave you or, and never going to forsake you, he's never going to. Do we believe that? The sea is calm. There's not a wave, not a ripple, not a breeze. And the disciples' eyes are wide open. They're saying, whoa, there's something completely different about this guy. There's something that we didn't anticipate, something we never thought about. But here it is. And you know what? There was another storm that happened later that's recorded in Scripture. And, and this time, Jesus wasn't with them. And this time, instead of saying, Jesus, don't you care? You know what Peter said? Jesus, can I come out on the water like you are right now, coming towards us? Wow, that's kind of a change, isn't it? That's growth, we would say, right? 
And sure, you know, he, he took his eyes off of Jesus and he fell into the water and Jesus had to save him, to lift him back up. But it was a whole lot further than he had gone before, isn't it? His faith had grown. His trust had grown. His relationship with God had grown. He said, I trust this guy. I know him. I know his care for my life. Mm. And time and time again, Jesus would do this in their lives. He would do something, and they'd go, ah. He'd do something else, and they'd go, oh. He'd do something else, and they'd go, aha. And then Jesus died on the cross, and they went, what? And then Jesus rose from the dead, and they said, aha, I got it. I understand. So those are things that if we can't make them happen, we can't say, oh, okay, well, sometimes going out of our comfort zone, but guess what? Life is going to bring you situations that are going to bring you out of your comfort zones. These aren't things that, that we should be really trying to, to work out and figure out, and okay, I really want an aha moment, so I'm going to do A, B, and C. It's more of a realization that when A comes, okay, I'll choose to follow Christ. When B comes, okay, I'm out of my comfort zone, but I'm trusting you. When C comes, I'm going to trust that wherever you lead me, I'm going to go. That's pretty neat. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord. I thank you that you have given us the opportunity to have a relationship with you. Lord, that you have given us the opportunity to open your word and to learn and to grow in our relationship with you. Lord, Paul said it in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 12. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will fully know just as I have been known. Lord, I thank you so much that you know us inside and out. You know our worries and concerns. You can sympathize with our hearts. But Lord, I thank you that we can grow in our understanding of you. I thank you that one day we will have a full and complete and perfect and beautiful understanding of who you are, what you've done in our lives, and the plans that you have for us. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, this is really a great time of invitation. A time where we can say, okay, you know what? I am going through a situation right now that I need to put my trust in Christ. Whether it's for the first time, or the second time, or the 50th time, I need to learn and grow. I need to take that next step. I need to trust Christ for this situation. And I urge you, if you've never really trusted Christ for anything, guess what? He sacrificed his son because he loves you when you didn't even love him. 
So this is a great day. Can you imagine this week as we remember the death and burial and resurrection of Christ? What a great way to say, God, I'm going to die with you. I'm going to be buried with you. I'm going to rise again. And I'm going to have power over sin because of what you did on the cross for me.